This is The Space Shot, episode 211, for December 11th, 2017. Apollo 17 and Insurrection. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. Going down at two, ten feet. Ten feet. Contact. Stop, push. Engine stop, engine arm, proceed. Command override off. Boat control ahead, hold, pings auto. Okay, Houston, the Challenger has landed. Roger, Challenger, that's super. Okay, Parker valves. Boy, you bet it is, Gordo. Boy, you said shut down, I shut down, and we dropped, didn't we? Yes, sir. But well, we is here. And is we here. How's that look? That Pressures. Pressures look great. Astronauts Gene Cernan and Jack Schmidt touched down on the surface of the moon on this day in 1972. The lunar module Challenger touched down at Taurus Littrow, carrying the lunar rover and the last two astronauts to walk on the moon. This last Sunday, I spent a couple of hours listening to audio from this mission. Check out Apollo17.org. It's a great website that's replaying the mission in real time. The combination of pictures, transcripts, video, and audio create a unique experience that you should really check out. I love reading through the old press kits that NASA put together during the Apollo program. Here's a bit that describes the landing site for this final moon landing mission. Quote, The Taurus Littrow landing site is named for the Taurus Mountains and the Littrow Crater, located in a mountainous region southeast of the Serenitatis Basin. Dominant features of the landing site are three rounded hills, or massifs, surrounded by the relatively flat target point and a range of what lunar geologists describe as sculptured hills. I'm on the uh, footpad. And Houston, as I step off at the surface at Taurus Littrow, we'd like to dedicate the first step of Apollo 17 to all those who made it possible. Jack, I'm out here. Oh my golly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but is it bright in the sun? Okay. We landed in a very shallow depression. Uh, that's why we've got a slight pitch up angle. Very shallow, uh, uh, dinner plate like this uh, crater just about the uh, the width of uh, of the strut. How you doing, Jack? Fine. Getting the sugar breakers verified. Cernan and Schmidt spent 75 hours on the moon, conducting three EVAs on the surface. Each EVA was at least seven hours in duration and saw the astronauts deploy experiments and gather surface samples. Accomplishing as much science as possible meant that this was the first flight that an astronaut scientist was able to fly on. I spoke with Jim Remar about this mission in the latest episode of the Cosmosphere podcast, so check out that episode if you haven't already. 
Jack Schmidt is a geologist, and since Apollo 17 was the last manned lunar mission, he replaced the original lunar module pilot, Joe Ingle, a test pilot that had flown the X-15 and would later fly the space shuttle. I was reading through Schmidt's Johnson Space Center oral history interview today, and I found out about some of the uncomfortable challenges that astronauts dealt with during EVAs. The design of spacesuits is something I could probably do an entire podcast series on. I've been thinking about what I want to do for the second year of the podcast, and one of the things I'm considering is moving to a weekly longer format podcast where I can do more in-depth coverage on specific topics. Anyways, back to Apollo 17 and Jack Schmidt's interview. During this part of the interview, Schmidt was describing some of the challenges of EVAs. Quote, the other part of the glove that was a problem is that no matter how closely you cut your fingernails, each time you reach for something or moved in that glove, you would tend to scrape your nail against the bladder of the suit, the rubber bladder. I even wore liners, nylon liners, to reduce that, but still, you would do that and you'd gradually lift the nail off the quick. That is painful to some degree while you're working, but it particularly gets painful later after you've gotten out of the suit and you then prepare for the next day. Schmidt continues, Now, both of those things are things that are there. Yes, that's discomfort. It's sore. You wish it wasn't there. But it sort of fades into the background because of the stimulus of everything else that's going on. I guess I've always known that spacesuits prevent fine motor control, but I never even thought about how your fingernails could get damaged and lifted off of your finger. I played competitive ice hockey growing up, and I always assumed that it was almost like wearing hockey gloves when astronauts had those big bulky gloves on. It turns out it's a little bit different than I had thought. I'll be talking more about the EVAs that were conducted during the Apollo 17 mission in the coming days, so this isn't the last that we'll hear about this mission. Now I've got a little bit of pop culture history. If you're a fan of Star Trek, the third movie featuring the crew of the Next Generation series opened in theaters on this day in 1998. Star Trek Insurrection found the crew of the Enterprise fighting to save a small alien population that lives on a planet with rings that emit a type of particle that keeps them from aging by regenerating living tissue. It ran kind of like a long TV episode, and it's probably the second best Next Generation movie behind First Contact. There are some funny bits of dialogue in the movie, from as smooth as an android's bottom, to the one that always makes me laugh, which is when Picard notices that Worf has a zit on his face. Mr. Worf, did the hostages mention anything about a cloaked ship during their debriefing? No, sir. Debrief them again. Have you been in a fight, Mr. Wolf? No, sir. It is the gorge. The gorge? Devils. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's hardly noticeable. I've got one piece of space news before we end today's episode. SpaceX is scheduled to launch a Falcon 9 from Slick 40 for the first time since September of 2016. As of recording this episode, the launch date is still December 12th, and as the launch approaches, I'll be sure to share the link for the live stream. 
You might remember the explosion that destroyed the Amos satellite last year. This explosion damaged the launch pad, necessitating extensive repairs and rebuilding. I'm linking to an article in the show notes where a SpaceX spokesman discussed the renovations to that launch complex. Quote, I think we could have gotten the pad back in operation sooner, but we wouldn't have had the pad that we want to keep for the next 10 to 20 years. For anyone that thinks the Falcon 9 is going away anytime soon, I think this is a strong indicator that SpaceX isn't considering retiring that rocket anytime soon. And why would they? If the Falcon 9 continues to launch and land reliably, they've got an economic incentive to maximize the useful life of that rocket, so we'll see where that goes. Thank you for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I appreciate those of you that have left reviews for the podcast. It really means a lot to me, and it does help even more people find the show. If you leave a review, screenshot that review and send it to me at John Molnick's pretty much anywhere on the internet, and I'll shoot you a Space Shot sticker and a little thank you. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnick's. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, Oscar won. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.